0: Love Talk Radio. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another Rough Writers Radio podcast. I'm the host, the Rough Writer himself. Today's podcast is entitled "A Chronology of Trump's Coup D'État." Post-November 3rd, 2020. Let's begin. Well, we have five or six individuals, the cast of characters, uh, the cast of crazy characters that populated the Trump's White House between, oh, November 3rd, 2020, and January 6th, 2021. They all contributed to what turned out to be January 6, 2021, insurrection against our nation's capital and form and system of government and the country at large, our democracy itself. Let's begin with, in chronology, from earliest to latest, number one, Rick Perry, at that time was Trump's secretary of defense or secretary of energy on November the 4th, 2020. Rick Perry, former Texas governor and Trump's energy secretary, sent a text to Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, advocating an, a, quote, aggressive strategy, unquote, of having Republican-controlled state legislatures of Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, quote, declare this is BS and just send their own electors to vote and have it go to the Supreme Court, unquote, quote. Uh, The second individual, the second crazy participant in this slow or unfolding uh, Trump coup d'etat, the Trump White House coup d'etat in the fall of 2020. Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, on November the 7th, 2020, uh, while receiving text and emails during this time from uh, members of Congress and Republican officials, He received one uh, from a member of Congress regarding, you know, let's just uh, insert our own slate of electors in place of Joe Biden's. And in one of the Meadows text responses to a particular member of Congress, he indicated, quote, I love it, unquote. Number three, the third individual, Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. In the fall of 2020, uh, he was up to his eyeballs. He was probably the principal or key individual, Republican uh, individual, Republican politician, who was at the core of this entire coup d'etat conspiracy in the Trump White House. In a text message that was sent by an unidentified member to Chief of Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on January 5th, 2021, it said, quote, please check your signal, unquote, referring to the encrypted messaging application that was used in the White House. The text message sent to the former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, and first revealed by Representative Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming, the vice chair of the House Select January 6th Select Committee, asking him to quote, please check your signal, unquote, was in fact sent by Republican Congressman Scott Pennsylvania. A Senate report from the uh, Judiciary Committee Democrats characterized Perry as a key player in Trump's attempts to pressure the Justice Department to support his false voter fraud conspiracy theories. Uh, Actually, it was Perry himself, Who introduced Donald Trump to Jeffrey Clark, the, at that time, an assistant attorney general in the Department of Justice. We'll get to Jeffrey Clark in a minute. Because Clark went on to play a key role in Trump's efforts to challenge the election results. Uh, Number four on the list, Phil Waldron in mid-November of 2020. Phil Waldron, a retired Army colonel with a background in information warfare, had circulated a detailed and extreme plan to overturn the 2020 election. By November the 15th of 2020, Mr. Waldron was in contact with Rudolph W. Giuliani, Mr. Trump's personal attorney, who was at that time overseeing challenges to the election. Mr. Waldron, fed Mr. Giuliani information about alleged attempts by foreign powers to hack American voting machines and about suspected left-wing operatives who were working for the vote tabulation company Dominion Voting Systems. It was his 38-page PowerPoint presentation that he circulated on Capitol Hill, and that was also shown to Mark Meadows, Trump's chief of staff. The document reportedly provided administration officials and members of Congress an alarming blueprint for overturning a nationwide election. The PowerPoint was entitled, Election Fraud, Foreign Interference, and Options for 6, Jan, Six January. It recommended that Mr. Trump declare a national emergency to cling to power and included the false claim that China and Venezuela had obtained control over the voting infrastructure in a majority of states. Mr. Waldron told the Washington Post that he had visited the White House Several times after last year's election, that would be November third, twenty twenty, and had spoken with Mr. Meadows, Trump's chief of staff, quote, maybe eight to ten times, unquote. And nobody that much White House access? Whoa, that is a, uh, that's a red flag right there. Donald Trump, December the fifth, twenty twenty, personally called. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to urge him to persuade Georgia State Legislature to overturn President-elect Joe Biden's victory in the state and asked the governor to order an audit of absentee ballot signatures. Hours before he was scheduled to hold a rally in Georgia on behalf of the state's two GOP senators, Trump pressed Kemp to call a session of the Georgia State Legislature ...for lawmakers to override the results and appoint electors who would back the president at the Electoral College, according to two people familiar with the conversation. Fifth on the list would be Jeffrey Clark. We just mentioned him just previously, a assistant attorney general in the Department of Justice under Trump. On December the 28th, 2020, three days before the end of the year... The Trump Justice Department and White House collaborated in their attempts to overturn the 2020 election. And Mr. Clark drafted a letter, as I said, dated December the 28th, 2020. And it was directed at to the Georgia governor and the Georgia legislative leadership. And it asked it was asking them to convene a special session of the Georgia legislature to investigate voter fraud claims. Metadata contained in this draft letter indicates that the White House communications agency played a role in its drafting, which suggests a previously unknown level of cooperation between the department of justice and the Trump White House attempting to keep president Donald Trump in power. At this time, Jeffrey Clark had hoped that then-acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, himself a former partner at the New York law firm of Kirkland & Ellis, as was Jeffrey Clark. How convenient. And the acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue. Jeffrey Clark was hoping that they both would sign this letter quote, I think we should get it out as soon as possible, unquote, Clark wrote in an email to Rosen and Donahue, but both Rosen and Donahue both refused to send it. Thank for us. The letter read, quote, while the Department of Justice believes the governor of Georgia should immediately call a special session to consider this important and urgent matter, unquote, the letter said, quote, if he declined to do so, we share with you, our view that the Georgia General Assembly has implied authority under the Constitution of the United States to call itself into special session for the limited purpose of considering issues pertaining to the appointment of presidential electors, unquote. Sixth on the list, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio on January the 5th, 2021, five days into the new year, he sent a message text message to the then white house chief of staff you guessed it mark meadows that argued that a certification of the 2020 election could be blocked by the vice president quote the text read quote on january 6 2021 vice president mike pence as the president of the senate should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all unquote A spokesman for Jordan said the message was sent by the committee was incomplete and had not, in fact, been written by Jordan, but by Joseph Schmitz, a D.C. lawyer and former Defense Department inspector general. Well, this podcaster says, big deal. Nonetheless, Jordan sent this piece of shit to Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, piled higher and deeper. Uh, The seventh would be Donald Trump himself on January the 2nd, 2021. He had already done his deed a month earlier in his phone call to uh, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp. On January 2nd, 2021, Donald Trump personally called Georgia's then Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and encouraged him to overturn the state's election results. Trump told Raffensperger, that Mm -hmm. hold on a second here folks we have a slight miscue we're going to get to it right hold on a second here Mm -hmm. trump personally called georgia's then secretary of state brad raffensperger to encourage him to overturn the state's election results. This is the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia. Wow. Told Raffensperger to, quote, find, unquote, nearly 12,000 votes. At one point on the call, Trump told Raffensperger, quote, what I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than the 11,779 votes margin of defeat we have, because we won the state, unquote. During the call, Trump, falsely suggested that Raffensperger could have committed a criminal offense. Legal experts say that Trump's behavior was more like uh, extortion. Trump, def- defeated by Joe Biden, refused to accept this outcome and made a month-long effort to overturn the results. Anyway, Trump can also be heard on the, t- the tape, quote, the people in the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, um, that you recalculated. Oh. Woo! That's, he takes, that's got, that guy has balls. Uh, the last would be John Eastman. January of 2021. The Capitol mob didn't come out of nowhere. It was a response to the concerted attack on 2020's election results crafted by elite right-wing politicians, academics, and attorneys. No law professor played a bigger role in Donald Trump's plot to overturn November 2020 And then Eastman. Eastman supplied Trump with the legal – or the, the, the faux constitutional argument that, yes, he could overturn the election and substitute Joe Biden's elector with his own. So there you go. And then Trump on January 6th saying, we fight like hell, and if you don't like fight like hell, you're going to have a country anymore. Those were fighting work and incited the, uh, the mob to descend on Capitol Hill. There you have it. Those – that is the coup d'etat. That is the coup de in short, and uh, Trump will go will be charged, convicted, and he's going to be spending a lot of time behind bars. This the old Rough Rider thing, riding rounding third, heading for home. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.